No, that's right. Yes, if you are tuned in, then you have now positioned yourself to become undeniable in your pursuit of personal, professional, and spiritual excellence. Now, hopefully you are pursuing excellence, but if you are not making an impact with your life, then you have come to the right place today. Welcome to this Don't Tell Me It Can't Be Done episode of Become Undeniable. I am your new favorite host, Brad Austin. Killing it on the mic and as always, keeping it real no matter whose feelings it hurts while providing undeniable value to you every step of the way. Now, we've all given the excuse that we don't have enough time. I will be the first to admit I have done that many times, even recently, I am ashamed to say. And I'm going to be even more ashamed after this episode ends. I can I can feel it. But... We've all given the excuse, right? Don't have the time to start that business. Don't have the time to chase that dream. Don't have the time to provide value to other people. Don't have the time to make an impact. Now, I want you to take a hard look at what you have done with your life so far. But I also want to take you to take a hard look at what you do have time for, as evidenced by the fact that you actually spend time on those things right? You do have time to go to work. We all make time for that, right? That's understandable. I get it. Maybe you have time to hang out with friends at happy hour. All right. Maybe you have time to binge watch shows on Netflix. Maybe you have time to scroll through the endless content on social media. Well, my special guest is here to tell you that you do have the time, whether you believe it right now or not. And She's here to show you how you can take control of your time so that you can pursue all those things that you don't think you currently have time for. Let me bring her in. Her name is Jen Potter. She is a serial entrepreneur and founder of Epic47.com. Jen, what's up, my friend? How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Woo, as you can see, I'm killing it on the mic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it got me so pumped up. <laughs> yes. That's the theme that I'm hearing, and that's therefore it is accomplishing the goal, setting it out to be a foundationally great show. So, Jen, how many companies do you have? Right now, four. I'm sorry, what? Four. Four. Wow. Okay. So, how many other projects are you working on in in the midst of having four companies? Three. Okay. It was two the last <laughs> time I spoke to you. There was Three. two projects the last time I spoke to you. Yep. Okay. How many kids do you have? Three. Okay. How many pets do you have? I have a, a puppy. Oh, oh, puppy. Not a, puppy. Not a, not a grown dog. No, who's, who's good to go? Six months old puppy. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> yes. As an avid dog lover, I can tell you puppy life is no joke. You got to be watching them all the time. You got to be taking them out every hour or two. Okay. Let's, let's, let me just, for the audience, let me recap this for you. Four companies, three projects, three kids, one puppy. And I'm married. Like I have a husband. And, yes, and a <laughs> husband. I don't know. Do I need to feel sorry for that guy? Does he ever have time with you? <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's People are going to hear this and say, this woman is crazy. She does yes. not have time for her husband or anybody else. But you're saying that you do. I do. So let's talk about this because I'm hoping people are listening to this and saying, all right, 
I want to know what she knows. All right. Instead of sweeping it under the rug saying, I'll try it. Another, no, no, no. Let's get into this because people need to be empowered by this stuff. Let's get into this time management thing. All right. So, um, help me. Cause I'm interested in this stuff as well. I, I have not been the best manager of my time. Um, I put the excuse out there that I cannot do two things at once. Now, it's people, not true, it, well, but that is true. I don't believe that you can do two things at once. Right. Isn't it the mind, psychological, everything else? You, you literally cannot do two things at once physiologically. Is that right? I, so, I have severe ADHD, so I don't believe that that's true. Unitasking is the only way that you can actually focus on one thing at one time. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I need to tell my wife. She tells me, go do, to, do this while you do this, while you do this. And I'm like, okay, no, no, I'm going to have, I'm going to do this, 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 and this in that order. But look, I cannot do it. I've made the excuse. But at the same time, I want to get into these strategies that you have clearly implemented in your life, in your day-to-day, to really get your days under control so that you do have the time necessary to get things done. What are those strategies, girl? Let us in on the secret, please. So a lot of learning experiences to get here. I wasn't always organized. I was, you know, like I said before, I have severe ADHD, so I'm very all over the place. And it's really hard for me to stay focused and when I started my my second company, I knew that I had to really stay on task in order to stay organized. I also had a newborn when I started my, sec- my second company, which is my biggest. And I knew that if I couldn't focus on something, I wasn't going to be successful. And you always read about people who wake up early and get work done. And I'm like, these people are crazy. I'm not waking up super early. I'm not a morning person. And you hear it right out, right out of my mouth. I'm making up excuses as to why I can't do something. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if I said I can and I will, then I can kind of change my mindset. So I had to really start implementing, you know, a time change. I had to start really implementing, focusing on tasks and <clears throat> excuse me, over time, I was able to really start to, you know, hone in on the things that work the best for me, right out the gate boundaries. And I, and I say that to everybody listening, everything that I'm saying, it's all stuff that we hear from other people, right? You know, setting boundaries and setting limitations, we set them for ourselves and we don't set them for other people. If I tell you I have boundaries, you're going to hopefully respect them, but I need to make sure that you respect those time limits. You know, for me, my time, my morning doesn't start, well, my morning starts at about 5 a.m., but I actually won't have a phone call till after 9 a.m. Because I'm working and I'm getting my kids on the bus and I'm making sure that, you know, I'm lining up my day and making sure that I'm organized. But in that time frame, I'm getting office work done. I'm getting emails done. I'm, you know, like I said, getting my kids ready for school, getting them on the bus, bringing them to daycare. All of that is scheduled into my schedule. And then my day ends 4 5 o'clock. And then after that, it's for my kids. So from five o'clock on, if someone's like, Hey, I need to jump on a call. I think me and you jumped on an afternoon call, but I think that was because like my husband wasn't at the, at the house with the kids. So I was like, absolutely. I have time. They're not here. But for the most part, anytime after five o'clock, I won't schedule client calls. I won't schedule interview calls. That's the time that I'm cooking dinner. I'm present in my kids, you know, activities, making sure that I'm going to all of the activities because all three of them are in things. And just, they know that that's their time time with mom. Mm. And, you know, 
when I first started, you said you have to work a lot. Sometimes you have to break those boundaries, like at the beginning and, but you still have to be conscious that you're doing it and, and just really be intentional with changing your time. But as the time kind of goes on, really learning how to focus is super important. If I wake up in the morning and I say, I'm going to work on emails for 30 minutes, it's not a long time, you know, I can, I can clear my email. I have five emails. I can clear all five of them and send out all of my emails for the day in 30 to 45 minutes. I go right through it. I'm not looking at my phone. My phone is not in my hand. My phone is on the side of me. It's five o'clock in the morning. There's nobody that I need to text. There's nothing on social media that I need to see. So my phone isn't even next to me. So I jump on the computer and I say for 30 minutes, this is what I'm going to work on. I'm going to make my coffee. I'm going to send out all my emails and I schedule send all of my emails. So now when I start my, when I start my day, I already did all my office work. I already did the, the other things. So now I have the rest of the day to continue to do the things that I'm doing. So it's a lot. Wow. So I made so many notes just in the short time you were speaking. <laughs> oh, I can just keep talking. Ask oh all the questions. <laughs> no, we will roll with it. Um, okay. So let me get to a few different things first. And I'm going to kind of try to give out maybe the excuses that maybe we've made in the past or I've made recently or other people make still to this day. Right. I'm sure I make them. We all do. Um, Absolutely. I think you're saying that you need to be even more conscious of the fact that you are engaging in making those excuses so that you Mm -hmm. can stop it right then. Is that, is that a, a big, a big piece of it? Oh, absolutely. The second you say, I, you know, you know, I, I was, I was on my phone or I have to check my email. Don't check your email from your phone. I'll tell you that because the second you check your email from your phone, you're going to start going on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and all of the things. So check your emails from the computer. So that's unless I'm on the road and I'm traveling throughout the day, that's the only time I really check my emails. I actually won't even respond to an email via my phone unless I absolutely have to. And I try to really be intentional with that as well, because like you said, you instantly start making up excuses as, oh, well, let me just check my Facebook real quick. And Mm. it turns into like a scroll, right? And five minutes later, you just wasted five minutes of time. And we consciously and unconsciously engage in that because social media is so at our tips these days that it's so easy for us to just jump on social media just to check it real quick. Mm -hmm. Checking it real quick is going to take 15 minutes of your time. Yeah. You can do a lot in 15 minutes. 100%. So what you're saying is don't check your email on your phone because checking email on your phone is a gateway task. It really is. <laughs> Leads to other unproductive things. Right? Absolutely. So, okay, so you're ADHD and you still clearly have the capability <laughs> to focus, consciously focus. Lots right? of coffee. <laughs> you and me both, girl. Here we are. <laughs> uh, I have my coffee aminos in there too, so it's even more caffeine. Um, I love it. So even with, even with, the excuse that people will make, I have HDD, I have this, I have this, I have this. Help them and me, all of us, understand how do you consciously focus? What what practical applications do you put into play to, pra- to actually focus? So I try, so for me, one of the, I, I'll, I'll call it a skill set, but I truly yeah. believe it comes somewhere from trauma back when I was younger. But for me, I can I can have tunnel vision. 
And I can, when I'm focusing on something, I can focus just on that one thing. And, but my time, my times were very short when I would do that. So like, if I was focusing on something, it would only be for five minutes. If I was focusing on something at me, 10, 10 minutes max, not many things keep my attention. I actually have a really difficult time watching TV because I can't keep my attention. I have, I feel like my phone has to be in my hand and I have to have a book in my hand and I'm like, I, I can't focus. So for me, I have to be super intentional. I have to make sure that the phone isn't next to me when I'm doing something. And you know, if when I first started, I would start with my emails. This is how it started with the scheduling and you know, the tasks is I would take five minutes and say for five minutes, I'm going to time myself. And for five minutes, I'm going to send out emails and then I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk around the house and then I'm going to sit back down and I'm going to do another task for five minutes. If you time yourself and focus on one thing, I guarantee that you are going to be so productive in that time frame. And then if you realize five minutes is super easy, go to 10. If 10 minutes super easy, go to 15. I try not to do anything more than 30 minutes at a time max. And then I stand up I'll get a drink of water. I'll, you know, walk around the house, walk around the office, walk outside for a few seconds. So my brain is allowed to kind of jump off task mm -hmm. and then refocus. And yeah. so for me, it's really easy for me to refocus and kind of do things. But then, like you said before, we talked about multitasking. Now, if I'm working for me, like if I'm working on a spreadsheet, I can listen to music. I look at that as a multitasking, but because I don't have to be conscious in that. But if I'm trying to listen to like me and you having a conversation and doing something on the computer, there is no way you're paying attention to both things. Absolutely right. not. So instead of saying, oh, I'm going to do this while I'm on a phone call, you're going to say, I'm going to have the phone call. And then afterwards, I'm going to do this and really be intentional with that time and schedule it out. For me, I kind of take it to the extreme. I schedule everything on my computer. If you look at my schedule, like when I teach these workshops, I'll show people my schedule and they're like, oh my goodness, that looks crazy. I'm like, no, because it says from 11 to one o'clock, it says scheduled work. So if Brad tries to make a, an appointment with me, he has no control over it. My time is scheduled. I know for two hours I can sit down and I can work on something. And then if for some reason I get sidetracked or I have something else I have to do, I have that two hour time frame. So for me, it's really being intentional with the times that I set for things. Yeah. Well, first things first, I mean, as your new favorite host, I would expect that you would take my call during those two hours. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably no, not. <laughs> no, probably not. No, you're setting boundaries and that includes me. Oh, man. So that is a um, the, the lack of focus being conscious of that is, is really is an entrepreneurial thing. That that's a common trait in entrepreneurs like you and me. Um, so what, what it sounds like you're saying to me is practical application is, you know, set a time window, start small, right? Five minutes. And then once you've mastered the art of not looking at your phone for five minutes and being productive and consciously emails, whatever it is you're going to do in that five minutes, move it up to 10. Right. And so that is, that, that is a, um, that is a very intentional thing that that's, I, I see that as a powerful thing. Just that small little piece of advice, put it into play. Um, just five minutes, start with five, five minutes. minutes, just five absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. Um, and also the one thing I did not think of, how do I not think of this stuff? First of all, everybody's phone has a timer. Okay. You do have that on your phone. There's no reason you can say that, that have you it can't on your do watch. it on your watch, your phone everywhere on your computer. Um, but the, the intentional piece of setting the phone aside, right, is something that I didn't even think of. I just had to turn my phone. I, it, it kept going off 
right? I kept seeing the screen So my light phone's up. always on silent. Yeah, no minus matter two. What. Yeah, minus two. And so I had to, I had to just turn it so I don't see the light of the screen and so I could be fully present here. Um, I think one thing, if you have to do it, set it on a table 10 feet away or something if you really have to, mm-hmm. right? Control yourself. So um, go it's ahead. It's hard, Joyce. right? Well, it is. It, to piggyback on that, right? So some people feel like, oh, I have to stay connected or, you know, I need, like, just in case, like, for me, like, I have a grandmother in the hospital. So I have to pay attention to when the phone rings for certain people. So my notifications actually, before nine o'clock and after five o'clock, my phone is on like radio silence. Like, there's no way, if you text me, call me, any of it, nobody can get through to me in you know, before nine and after five, unless it's my emergency contacts. So there's only five people that can actually call me outside of that time frame where my phone will actually ring and it actually only vibrates. I don't like the ringing sound. I feel like when a phone rings, we feel so like ready to answer it. Same thing with text messaging. So I do have vibrate on during the day, but it's actually off on my phone and it's on my watch. So my watch will vibrate, but my phone will never ring. And if you decide to put in, like I usually have my AirPods in, like not the ones that are connected, but I have my AirPods in, you can actually say to Siri, shut off my notifications for one hour. You can say to Siri, set a timer for five minutes. So your phone doesn't have to be anywhere next to you. I shut off my notifications. I set timers and you can say, you know, you can actually tell Siri to like only answer phone, like only ring through if it's an emergency phone, like phone number. So you can actually tell your phone what you want it to do when it's not even next to you. So that's a beautiful thing when you don't want to be disturbed. So for me, I keep my AirPods in as kind of like a a distraction so I don't hear outside noise or I might listen to music. But other than that, my phone's not on the side of me. I also don't answer text messages um, when you send me a text message. So I am very intentional with that as well. I only look at, you know, my social media messages certain times. Like you sent me a message this morning at 830. I didn't look at it till 11. Because I'm not looking at it. I make sure that at certain periods of the day, I will look at, like, I put that in my, like, my calendar. So even my text messages, like, right now, let me just look because I'm being, you know, curious. I have 10 missed text messages that I have not responded back to yet because I just don't believe in instant gratification. And when I, and if it's an emergency, like, I'll look at it to make sure they're not emergencies. And if it's not an emergency, I'll say, okay, at at one o'clock. I will go and respond to my text messages. And now there's a new feature on your phone that you can actually read it and unread it, which is really cool because if you don't want to respond right away, I use that as a, um, as a marker. So I don't forget. Yeah. Those, those red badges, right. You get to, you get to see what you missed, what you might need to catch yep. up on, etc. cetera. Um, Jen, as if what you've already said is, is not enough. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit. Right. So what would you say to the person who says that eight hours isn't enough, especially if there's someone who maybe doesn't work from home, right? That it, you know, we understand the logistical challenges of having to go somewhere to a job and come back. We totally get that. Not, not uh, discounting that at all. So what would you say to that person who says, you know, I don't have the time because I have to be in traffic for a little bit. Then I go to the job, then I'm there for eight hours or more. And then I come back and then the same situation as you. So what would, what would you, what advice would you give to those people? I would say really pay attention to the times that you have to be committed to. And then the times that you're not committed to. So like for me, I add a lot of things into the course of my day, right? Like I clearly have a lot. I'm also training for a marathon. 
So I'm running the Boston Marathon. And like I said, I have my kids. I, I love listening to podcasts, like obviously my new favorite podcast. So I love listening to podcasts and, you know, just a bunch of different things that I add in the course of my day. So I look to say what is scheduled. And if you work for someone else and you are on a schedule and you're commuting, well, what are the things that you can do in those time frames that you have control over and you don't have control? So say you're working a job and your time is committed to someone else or something else. Well, the two hours before, what does that look like for you? The two hours after, what does that look like for you? And how can you just like better, you know, shift your schedule around when you're stopping for a break for 30 minutes? Are you aimlessly scrolling or are you doing something else when you're stopping? Is it intentional time or is it just downtime? I mean, I know for me, like I have to stop sometimes and it'll be lunch and I aimlessly scroll while I eat. So for me, like that's the time that I can shut my brain off and I can just like aimlessly scroll for 15 minutes. And then that way, like I kind of get it out of my system and then I don't need to look at social media for another six hours. So it allows me to just kind of get that out. So finding the times that we have for that, if we're driving in the car, can we listen to a podcast? With all of the technology, with Siri and uh, Alexa, you can actually sit in your car and respond to to emails and phone calls. I just talk to my ear, my AirPods. I just say, check my emails, check my text messages. And I I'll be driving and I respond to all of them. I don't even have to touch my phone, but it gives me the time to get those things done. Maybe I'll schedule a call while I'm driving. Cause I know that I have the time. So I'm very intentional with all of my time. If you can't tell, <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell. Um, so let's, let's talk about another problem that people have. Um, what is your, it's a two part question. So what is your outlook on procrastination? Okay. And how can people take steps to actually eliminate the habit? And I'm, I'm, I'll be the first to admit guilty as charged for a very, very long time. I procrastinate so, sometimes pretty badly. I do too. So the thing is, is like, if there's certain things that I know I need to get done that I really don't want to do it, like if it's something, you know, my, I, my, our kids do it. Like, you know, if, if you get homework and it's something you don't want to do, like you wait till the very last minute. Cause you're like, I just don't want to do it. I don't like doing it. My suggestion, if at all possible, do it first. If there's, if there's something that you don't want to do, just get it done and get it out of the way. For me, I always tell people if you're, if you're just starting out, like I'm a list person. If you probably didn't get that from listening to me talk, like how I schedule everything, I do everything in lists, things that I need to get done, checklists, I, you know, a list for a list. There's, they're everywhere. But for me, what I do is I'll sit down and I'll every morning and I'll say, these are the three things that need to get done today, no matter what. So no matter what today's Thursday, I need to make sure that payroll went out. I need to make sure that all of my meetings for the wrap up for the weekend, like, you know, end of the week, all of that stuff is taken care of. And I don't know what the third one was because we're at the end of where I'm going to the holiday. But for me, like I just sit down and I say, okay, these three things have to get done today. And actually on my list of the three things was wrapping presents. Um, oh. And I did it right? right. So I just said, these are the things I don't want to do. I don't like wrapping presents. So I wrapped presents first. <laughs> wow. And but I just got it done. And I know that that's not like, you know, if you're writing a report, or you're going to get something out, I try to always say do it first. And if that method doesn't work, when are you the most attentive? So for me, like, 
I don't know. I don't like writing emails during the day. I don't like my brain is all over the place. And to sit down and write an email while I'm like, ding, 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 ding. It doesn't work for me. I know that at five o'clock in the morning, I can sit down and write emails because nothing is distracting me. So figure out the times that you can be attentive, figure out the times that you can be creative and use that to your advantage. If for me, like I'm, I'm also writing a book and for, for that I can, I know, right. I know, I know. I know. You left that I mean, out, Jen. I did. I totally <laughs> left it out. I've, I'm actually writing three and I've been writing them for about two years, but because I'm in no rush, it's more so I'm using it as a creative outlet. I love to write at night. So at night when everybody's falling asleep and I'm kind of sleepy, I take a shower and I, that's when my creative side comes out. So like before I fall asleep, I'm like, I'm texting myself like, you know, a paragraph of something that I, that I want to just get out of my head. And then I just can kind of clear my mind. I also tell people too, like, if you're like me and you have like a crazy brain, keep like a notepad on the side of your bed with like a pen. Or if you keep your phone on the side of you, I keep my notes. Like it's actually an open, it's opened in my phone. So if I think of something, I can just write it down real quick and I can go to sleep. So I'm not stressed out and get it all out. Oh my gosh. You are Crazy. You are saying <laughs> some of the things. Oh, my, I'm glad I'm not alone because you and I are a lot alike, and I didn't I didn't expect this. Um, but that what is the what is the deal with our brains where these ideas come to us in the shower? Always what is up with that? shower and at 11:30 at night. I'll get out of the shower, oh my and gosh. my husband's not a night person. He like wants like I can be a night person and I can be a morning person. I think I'm just crazy and I'm an everyday like every hour person. And so like I'll get out of the shower and I'll come into the room. I'm like, oh my god, I have the best business idea. And he's like, what? I'm sleeping. I'm, sleeping. I'm like. <laughs> And, you know, I go off like on this tangent and he's just looking at me like, I'm going to throw something at you. Like, just right. shut up and go to bed. But I'm for me, now I'm like, bed. yeah, and I'm like super hyped and I'm like opening my phone and I'm like writing all of these things down because I feel like absolutely insane. But it's it's always while I'm in the shower. Always. So weird. Do you find I clearly you do. But do you find I have to get those thoughts, ideas, whatever out of my head quick or I'm going to lose them. Yep. You know? And literally in a few minutes, if I don't get them out, they're going to be gone. You yeah. Know? Sometimes I can't even get out of the shower fast enough to get to the notepad to write it down. But you know what it is? It's because our brains are always going all over the place. And I think the shower is the one place that like you're in your own head. And, you know, for me, like I've even, there are times that I know that I can be in my own head. And if I'm overwhelmed and I have a lot going on, I actually bring my speaker in the in, in the bathroom and I'll put a podcast on. So if I'm having moments where I'm feeling like overwhelmed and I'm in my head a little bit too much, I'll, I'll listen to a podcast and it actually helps me to calm down. Side question. Mm. Um, and there is absolutely no way that I am asking this question for me. I'm asking okay. for the audience. I'm asking for a friend, if you will, for a few friends, right? So uh, for people who, you know, ironically mm-hmm. enough, like me, who I'm in my head all the freaking time, all the time. It doesn't stop. I'm in my head and, I, and I'm talking in my head and I think I'm having these conversations with my wife and I never had them, right? We never talked. So how can, again, I was accused of that. Asking for a friend, <laughs> asking for the audience, how can people like us, Man, how do we, how can we prevent this in our head syndrome from creating problems with our spouse and with our families? So that, that in your head type of feeling, I, I, well, 
for me, I, I'm in my head, but I tend to just blurt it all out. And I tend to talk about all of the things that are in my head. And sometimes they don't, they come out like jumbled and they come out like all over the place or like, I'll look at Jim and I'm like, Hey, I blah, blah, blah. Remember we talked about this. He's like, uh, nope. None of that came out of your head. None of it. And I think it's just now over time, he's just used to it because now I never, because sometimes I just don't know. Like if we actually had the conversation, I'm like, yeah, we totally had it. And he's like, no, we definitely didn't have that conversation. So I'm like, I'm either crazy or you're crazy. I'm going to blame it on you. So um, (laughs) having you say that to me just makes me kind of think that, you know, it's definitely more me than it is him. But um, I just think it's having someone who understands your brain. Well, I'll use that as I think over time he's come to realize how my brain works, how I think. I don't know why he's as supportive of me as he is. I'll be the first to tell you, like, I am absolutely insane. And I'm like, I get a new idea. And I'm like, do you support it? He's like, have you thought it out? I'm like, yep. He's like, all right, go. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't, I don't know why, but yeah. So how do, okay. So here's the thing. (laughs) We're, we're alike. But we're also different in with this in our head problem that we have. So with me, um, I'm in my head talking, thinking ideas, you know, laying things out, doing whatever it is my brain does. And the problem is I keep it in. No, I don't talk. In. I know, but I, I don't know how to just I don't know how to just talk it out when it comes to mind, you know, and, and I find myself in my head rather than talking to my wife. What if you, what if you recorded it? So sometimes like when I have like jumbled thoughts and I don't know what I want to say, I'll actually voice record what I'm saying because like it, there's, when I get like overwhelmed or I have a business idea and I'm like, you know, my brain just really thinks that fast. I'll actually put the recorder on and I'll just start talking because then I get it out and then I can listen to it. And then I can listen to the crazy. And then if I want to write it out, if it seems like a good idea, if it's not a good idea, but if you're able to just kind of get it out, like if not saying that you don't want to talk to your wife, but in that moment, she might not be available. Right. And, and then the moment has passed and then now you're onto something else. And then you go back and you're like, the thought was only half there because you didn't get it all out of your head. Right. So for me, it's, I constantly need to get it out. And sometimes it's me just talking to myself. Like sometimes I'll, I'll even open zoom. So someone gave me this suggestion when I was talking about writing a book. I I think it might've been uh, one of my mentors, Donnie. And he's like, open up zoom and just record yourself talking. Like when you have an idea, record yourself talking. Cause I'm visual. I want to see myself. I want to hear myself. So by doing that and just having a conversation with myself, I know it sounds kind of like silly, but it allows me to just get those thoughts out. And then if it seems like a good idea, listen to it and then repeat it. And then once you repeat it that second time, it's kind of like already out of your head. Yeah. For me anyways. Absolutely. And another piece of that is (laughs) sleep on it, get it out on video or write it down or whatever it is, but then sleep on it. Absolutely. I table everything. Yeah. So that's, I'm a very, I'll blame it on my, genetics. So I'm Russian and French and those are like the two main ones. And so like, I'm very like aggressive. So for me, I'm like, I'll come up with like the best idea. I'm like, I'm going to start this million dollar company and I'm going to do all of this and I'm going to do all of the things. And Jim's like, you need to really like think it out. And so for me, like I help people build businesses. So like I can, in my head, I already built the business plan. I already like know who I'm contacting for an investor, like in my head, like I have all of these things, but then I say, okay, 
I'm going to have this idea. I'm going to write it out and then I'm going to put it aside for a day or two. And it's still going to be in my head, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to put all my energy into it. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to how crazy I sounded and see if this is a good idea and if it's something I need to move forward on. So I can be very sporadic. Like I'm that person prior to kids. I'd be like, let's go to Mexico and jump on a plane tomorrow. (laughs) And, but now I'm like, okay, I probably should plan this out. I probably should make sure everybody's all set, you know? And so I try to do that in business now too. I'm very proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. Jim's like, Jim's like, honey, you got to go marinate on it. Come to me later. If if it still exists after you've marinated, right? (laughs) Yes. I have so many ideas all of the time. Oh my gosh. All the time. And it has been a, it has, well, it's not as much of a struggle for me anymore because of, of with my company with Focus Loop. It's I've, I've actually decided many years ago that if it's never going to come to fruition if I don't focus the majority of my creative entrepreneurial energy on that. And, and as somebody told me yesterday, he says, if, if you chase two rabbits, you're not going to catch any one, either one of them. Right. Well, Uh-oh. I have I have a different viewpoint to that. Um, let's because- hear it. Because I own multiple businesses, right? Yeah. So I do believe that you have to put your focus on what you're working on in front of you. I I firmly believe that. But then once you are able to focus it and get it to move forward, there's a really a word that I use a lot. Delegation. Mm. Find somebody who is really good at running that particular company, that particular position. Hire people that have the same mindset that you have to run the business that you want to run. You want to run multiple things? Find a you that's not you at all, but can do all the things that you want to get done in a company and let them run with it. So like my GM will now be the VP of my cleaning company um, in the coming year. She'll actually be a minority owner of the company um, because she's just, she's me. And I hired someone who allows me to step away from that company completely. I focus all my energy on it. And then once I knew that it was growing and it was a great business, then I was fine. I found someone who was able to help me run it. So I think you can, you can focus on multiple things, but you have to be really, really conscious of how you're focusing on them. So when you can delegate, everyone goes, how can you do all of the things? It's called delegation. I can, you know, I can run all my businesses because I have amazing people to help me run them. I can have my multiple children because I have a partner who cooks dinner half the week. I cook dinner half the week. We go conquer and divide. Half of us, you know, will go to one place. Half of us will go to the other. Like, so we, I make sure that everything that I'm doing has like a counterpart to it. So it's not like I'm doing it all by myself. So, I mean, because to be honest, I couldn't do it all by myself yeah well I could but I don't know if I'd be successful (laughs) (laughs) right um so okay so back to procrastination um how okay you said do the hard things first okay immediately at least for me and I'm not some alternate type of human but for me boom all right away that mental wall just goes up right it it's automatic and so Peel back the layers on that a little bit. How how do you actually get past that procrastination wall when, when it rears its ugly head to do that hard thing first? So that five-minute timer, right? So say I have to write a proposal. I have a proposal that I've kind of slacked on a little bit. Um, 
but I know that it wasn't like super pertinent. But for me, it's a, it's a really big proposal. So when I looked at it, I have to say, okay, I'm going to break it down into sections. And then I'm going to break that section down into sections. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to look at one piece of it. And for five minutes, I'm going to focus on that one piece. And then I can check that off. Right. So it's really easy to procrastinate on something that we don't want to do, because like you said, that wall comes up and you're like, nope. So I tell myself, okay, I'm going to sit down. And for me, like chocolate and, you know, certain like I don't know, just little things are triggers and treats in my head. So yeah. I'll say, okay, if I sit down for 10 minutes, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make myself a coffee and I'm going to have a piece of chocolate. And that's going to be my reward for sitting here for 10 minutes. And not that I need a reward by any means, but in my head, I'm like 10 minutes to get to that chocolate. I'm going to sit down. Like I can eat chocolate all day long. So it just, it just gives me something in my head to focus on. I don't need my permission to give myself chocolate, but in my head, I'm telling myself, okay, I'm going to just use that as my goal, right? Yes. Just to get up and make another cup of coffee, grab a piece of chocolate, go for a walk. Uh, so trying to set some, a positive reinforcement. That's yeah, the word. it is. It, it really is about the little wins, right? Mm -hmm. So if you, if you say, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I really don't want to do first. Right. Give myself a reward if you need to, because it's, it's only 10. You could do anything for 10 minutes. Right? right. Be intentional about it. Get it done. Get that win. And then if I'm not mistaken, once you get that win on something you didn't want to do in the first place, it makes everything else easier to do. Right. And, mm -hmm. and you get even more done, most likely. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever read the book uh, Make Your Bed? No, I saw that. I saw that video with that Admiral go around, you know, yeah, that's so, the first accomplishment. Yeah. Like on my social media, I actually post that book probably once a, once a month. And, you know, I always, I give it, it's William McCraven, I think it, Admiral William McCraven. Mm -hmm. And that book, it's a wicked quick read, but it goes through, you know, what he had to do as a Navy SEAL and, and his training and all of those things. And like you said, like he gave a commencement speech and he talked about, you know, accomplishments. So every morning when I get out of bed, I take a shower and before I even walk downstairs, well, I'm lying when I say this, I actually go downstairs and work for two hours and then I come upstairs and take a shower. And then, you know, it, that's like me starting my day. And from that moment, I will make my bed before I do anything else. So on the weekend, I will make my bed before I do anything else because I can sit back and I can look at it and go, if I don't do anything all day long, I did something. And that positive endorphins, like in your head, automatically tell you, oh, I've already done something. Like I've already achieved something. And when you've already achieved something, even if it's very, very small, your brain naturally wants to do more. So yeah. you wash the dishes, you know, before you go to bed. And in your mind, you're like, my day was complete. There's no dishes in my sink. I feel like I can go to bed and not be stressed out. And then you wake up in the morning and there's no dishes and you're like, oh, I can make coffee and this is great. And my house is already clean. You already feel accomplished. So creating those small things in your head really help to like kickstart your day. I mean, for me anyways. Yeah, people, I think people underestimate the, the power of accomplishment, right? Even if it's the small things, they underestimate mm -hmm. those endorphins that they, <laughs> that get released. They underestimate that stuff. Absolutely. And I mean, this can be a philosophical conversation. I won't take it there. But um, I, I, my personal opinion is I think that I think social media has actually robbed us of that. We have replaced the a lot in, in many, many cases, right? Um, 
I don't want to broad brush anybody, but we we've replaced social media has replaced that desire or that um, that will to to actually go chase those endorphins and, and <clears throat> you know what I mean. It just lulls people into a sleep, and it's just I don't know, man. I I, I feel and I know I'm a strange cat. I, I know that I'm not the, I don't like social media. I'm not a fan. Um, but I just, I feel like I'm oozing brain cells if I'm on there for longer than 30 seconds. It really right. feels like a waste to me, you know? So you have to be intentional with it. So for me, I had to switch my mindset with social media. So as a business person, when I post things on social media, some of it, like I do because I want it because it's entertaining and I want to talk about it, but I had to switch the mindset of, professional, not personal. And even though I cross the lines for both, because I want them to be crossed, I want, I want people to see that I'm not, I'm not on social media to talk about like how much my kids are driving me crazy or, you know, my husband's driving me nuts or, you know, I'm mad at somebody. Those are all negative things, right? Mm. I try to use social media as a positive outlet and look at it for being positive. But then like, I also like to use things and I think this is how we connected maybe, but to go on to platforms or groups with intention. I joined the podcast group. I, if I'm going to scroll on something, I'm going to scroll through you know, the podcast collaboration group, because I know that I'm going to meet some badass business owners and I can make a really cool connection. So in my head, it's I'm scrolling, which I'm, I'm feeding that thing that my brain wants to do. But at the same time, I'm also kind of working in the background and creating connections. So being intentional when you do it, when I do the videos that I put on social media, I literally do the video, I post it on social media and I don't go back on for another six hours. Yeah. No, that's right. I, I find myself doing the same thing. I, I'm not just there to be there and just see what Aunt Jenny's cat did today. I, I could care less. You know what I mean? But it is intentional. It is with finding great guests like you or, you know, something that I and I find it is something that I, I try to be learning something. Right. I'm seeking mm-hmm. knowledge. I'm seeking advancement. I'm seeking something that is productive in my mind versus Absolutely. the opposite. So. So let's talk um, let's talk about barriers because I know as entrepreneurs we never face those right we never um, <laughs> we never run into any of those but I mean let's face it life life is barriers right there's whether you're an entrepreneur or not or you or you you have a, a job or you do, it doesn't matter you're always going to come across barriers whether professional personal spiritual whatever the case may be you know what I mean and so I'm curious about how you approach barriers when they approach you. So mm-hmm. barriers, barriers absolutely exist. However, I don't ever look at them as an issue. I always try to say, if something comes up, how do I get around it or over it? Whether it's financial or personal or whatever that may look like. I don't believe that, you know, because something pops up, it's the end all be all. It's the, how do I re-strategize to get to a different point? So we may or may not have talked about this. I have a heart condition on top of everything. The heart condition slows me down. I've been, um, I've had it for about uh, 10 years. I had a heart attack about four years ago and I'm running a marathon. And for, for me, I can be completely healthy and tomorrow I could be in the hospital and I have no control over that, but I don't look at that as a barrier. I look at that as, oh, if I'm in the hospital, it probably just means I need to slow down today, but tomorrow I can go back to work yeah. or, oh, it, yes. and it happens. Like, I, you know, I've said this to a few people over the past few weeks. I was in, I got 
rushed out of my house in an ambulance a few months ago. And two days later, I was back working and people are like, wait a minute, weren't, weren't you just in the hospital? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And people are, you know, around me are just like, well, you should be resting and you should be doing this. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I have a heart condition that I'm dealing with, but I don't look at that because that could be a barrier. That could be something like, oh, you, you have this problem. Now you have to just sit and wallow and you can't do anything else. For me, it's like, okay, what do I need to do different? What medication do I need to take to feel my best? What do I need to do to slow down and re-strategize? So for me, I feel like especially having a near-death experience, I look at things so differently, so different in my mind that if a barrier pops up, my, my question in my head is, well, did anyone die? I'm like, nope. Okay, great. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> what is the positive outcome? Right. And I have a really like, is almost sickening positive outcome when it comes to things. Cause people are like, you're so positive. And I'm like, yep, I am super positive. And the reason why I'm so positive is because I know what the negative looks like. Mm. And so if you have a, a negative situation, like a barrier, what is the positive? What can you get out of it? If you fail, it's only a failure. If you don't get anything out of it, what did you learn from it? How can you grow? And just constantly shifting that mindset from a positive, like from a negative to a positive. That's so important to me. Yeah. So when you were talking, I, I'm thinking, am I talking to myself here? What is going on? Because every time I hit a barrier, every time I, and, and I can't explain to you how this happened. Maybe you can help me understand it, but my mind automatically goes into solutions mode. Absolutely. Automatically. It is not, I don't have to be intentional about it. It just happens. Um, I don't know if I can attribute that to uh, you know, my abandonment issues and the need to be self-sustaining when, when mom left many years ago, I, I don't know, but I told you trauma. I right. think we're talking to each other. Cause that's, it's, that's the exact same thing, right? It's just, it's just automatic. And so mm -hmm. it's, a, it, I think it's a great trait to have, to be honest with you, especially if you're in business and, and startup world and everything else. Um, but I guess, cause I don't know how to, I don't know how to teach people that skill. I really don't. So you don't have diagnosed ADHD, right? I don't. Because we talked about this. So I think people who are innovators and people who have ADHD, and I'm not just saying it because it's me, yeah. but I'm saying it because we constantly are looking for the solution to a problem. Someone who can't stay focused on things become so focused on things that we're looking for the problem to be fixed. And I just think that that's part of like my chemical makeup, like ever since I was little always trying to figure out a solution to a problem. And as we get older, trying to really understand it a little bit more that I think it's just how we're wired because some people look at me and they're just like, how did you see that? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like when someone comes to me with a business idea, I literally like, they'll look at me. They're like, I want to have a little cupcake stand. And I'm like, how are we franchising? And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> I see, you know, I see it like way down here. Where do you want to be on that spectrum? So I try to see like as far as I can throw that idea and all of the possibilities that come with it. Jen, the icing ain't even on the cupcake yet, girl. What is going on? <laughs> You're already franchising these people. Oh my gosh. So is there, do you think it's possible do you think it's possible to teach others to become automators as far as solutions go? Like we, we just have it. Do you think it's possible to teach others to do that? I do. 
I, I really do. And I think that's why I continue to do what I do and work with other people to kind of get them to see the bigger picture of things. So when I work with my clients that don't have, you know, a business skill set, but have a really great idea or have all of these great ideas and, you know, just don't know how to organize themselves. I just try to always say, okay, if I'm here, where do you see way out there? What is the absolute furthest that you can see something? And then I want to say, okay, you're here and this is where you want to go, wherever it is you may be. How do we get there? And then work backwards with how we would actually get there. So if you want to be at the top, what are the steps that you need to take to get there? And really like dumb it down to the point that it's like, oh my God, all I have to do is jump on the phone for five minutes once a week. And in the next 10 years, I'm going to be a millionaire, right? Like something so small to get to something so big. So someone like myself, because I can be easily distracted, you start with something small and you get to the big, the bigger picture. So I definitely think it can be taught. It's a learned, it, it has to be learned, but you also have to want it too. If you have someone who's like, eh, I'm content where I am. They're never going to learn. Right. They're never going to want to grow. Right. I can't change that. Nope. Absolutely cannot. So, okay, um, I could totally be wrong about this, um, but I see I see a difference between being able to just to learn how to overcome barriers and perseverance. I see a difference there. I see a, I see a line there. Um, and so I guess, again, I could be wrong, but I guess I'm wondering, how do you how can people develop that kind of perseverance to where? That can take them through anything, no matter how long it lasts. Because some people can overcome this first barrier, this second barrier, this third barrier, maybe, and then it's then the the, the toxic thoughts start to seep in as to how much longer can I do this? How much? Right? When when do I give up? When do I get the towel? When do I throw in the towel, etc.? So, how how do people develop true perseverance that lasts? Because I don't know about you, um, but but my journey just in my business has been over 12 years in the making. And there are many, many times where I could have just thrown in the towel and it, you know what I'm saying? It, it, so do you see there being a difference there as well? I, I definitely do. And I think the perseverance and the barriers they can cross, but at the same time, like there's something that you said before, you know, about, you know, your, your past. And for me, like I've said it before to trauma. So, all of us have gone through something. Every single person that is listening to this podcast has gone through something, whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma, because what's big to me is small to you and mm -hmm. vice versa. So we've all gone through all of these things. And, you know, I had this conversation with someone yesterday and I looked at them and they were talking about, you know, not being able to get out of their own head and, you know, the, the negativity and I don't understand. And I'm like, well, maybe it, I don't understand because I have been at the absolute bottom of where we, you know, where we are in this moment. And so for me, everything above that just seems amazing. I'm alive. I woke up. I have a roof over my head. You know, I look at all of the positive things and all of the things that we have kind of going on. And I tell people like, set realistic expectations. If you're starting a business or you have a goal, don't say, I'm only going to give myself 12 months you got to give yourself like four years and mm. to really get to the point where you actually feel like your business is growing and it's going to be successful. You're going to hit rock bottom numerous times, but you have to get up. And I think the perseverance comes from why I do what I do for me. I have a heart condition. I have three kids. 
every time they look at me, I want them to know that mom's a fucking badass and she's doing all of these amazing things and she's balancing, you know, juggling all of the things pretty efficiently because she's setting the boundaries and doing it. And I think if we take the reason as to why we're doing it, if we're doing it for children or we're doing it for ourselves, I think we need to do it for ourselves first. But, you know, I do it for me and I do it for my children. And that's the reason why I do everything that I do. There is no other reason for doing it. I don't care who you are, what you do. You're never going to be my reason for doing the things that I'm doing, but I use that as fuel. I say to myself, I am doing this for me and to help all of the people that have been in a situation similar to me, that they can be here. Like we're not a product of our environment. I came from the ghetto. I was in a, you know, my fam- my mother was abusive and she beat the crap out of me and I could have been all of the things, Mm. but I'm not because I'm proving to myself that I can be better, that I deserve better. And then I want to teach other people that they can be better too. Yeah. And the fact that, and the fact that, um, your kids can see that because you are intentional enough with your time to have that time for them to be able to see you right. Versus Mm -hmm. always being gone, never being present, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Right. So it creates that balance and it gives them that time that they absolutely have to have. Oh, absolutely. I get it. Um, So we we live in a man. Here we go. So we and this really pisses me off. I'm going to be honest with you. It just really upsets me and I really want your take on it. So I think we live in a culture where no one wants to take responsibility. I mean, literally no one wants to take responsibility for anything, whether it's government people, which that seems to always be the case. They never want to take responsibility for anything. Um, but it's it's everyday people, too. It's, it's about the dumbest things. It, it's like, you didn't give me this on my Sunday that I ordered. Oh, well, it's someone else's fault somehow. Some, you know what I mean? It's like, there's always excuses. No one wants to take responsibility for anything. And I mean, gosh, man, sorry, I'm, I'm getting mad as I think about no. it. <laughs> I love listening to it. Right? <laughs> So, I mean, so why is it important that people actually start becoming, be, be willing to take responsibility for everything, right? And what can they expect when they start actually doing that? So that's, I get very worked up when it comes to this. Man. To be a business owner, to, you know, everyone else who's not a business owner who is thinking about being in business, you need to understand you need to take responsibility for everything, everything, everything. Yes. And when you can get to a point that you understand that you are responsible for everything you do, you're responsible for everything that everybody around you does. Then this weird sense of freedom pops up for me. I have all of these employees and if they fuck up, it's on me. If they do something that they shouldn't be doing, it's on me. If they do something that they should be doing, that's on me. You know, so it's not just the negative. If they're doing their job and they're doing all of the things, that's me. Because I'm, you know, creating this this environment. If something goes wrong and a client's not happy, that's on me. What did I do different? What can I do different to change it? We lose a client. What can we do to make it better? How can we make experience better? But that's on me. This is my business, my reputation, my family, my reputation. Everything I do is on me. And when you realize that if someone doesn't want to take responsibility for an action, I instantly go, you know what? It's me. 
What can I do different the next time we interact in this conversation? So even if it's not business, if it's a friendship or a significant other and the situation doesn't go as planned, I turn around and I'll say, you know what? I will take responsibility for this action. And I will say, how can I come at it from a different viewpoint the next time this pops up? Not even on that person, right? And I think that that self-awareness of saying it's on me, we're going to view things so differently. When you come at me for something, I'm going to stop and I'm going to say, you know what? Let me, let me table that and think about it and let me come back to how I can change my perspective. And, you know, when something negative happens, what is something positive that came out of it? What did I learn from that situation to react differently? And I think that the sooner we start taking responsibility for all the other actions around us, your life is going to change. I felt like my life changed and maybe that's just me, but I really felt like it changed. Yeah. I just don't, I mean, I just don't get it. I think, I think, I think part of it is that people don't even understand some of the simple pieces of human dynamics. Right. I, I mean, just for me, I've already done it numerous times at, at, in my business. I've gone to the customer and I've said to them, Hey, I'm sorry that this piece isn't working or I just, I screwed up. I mean, I'll just, I flat out say the words. I don't really care. I'm the head of the company. So, so be it. But what people don't realize is that when you come essentially hat in hand, you put your pride off to the side and you tell that person, Hey, yo, look, I screwed up. Now I'm here to make it right. Give me the opportunity, please. Absolutely. And you, and you said something that I I'm going to challenge other people to this as well, that when we make a mistake, I will fully acknowledge it. Thank you so much. You know, instead of, and I do this, it just came right out because I was trying to say what you said, but I couldn't say it. So instead of apologizing, right, if something happens, like I will apologize if an apology is deemed necessary, but I usually say, this is what happened. Thank you so much for, for understanding. We're going to change this, this, and this. This is a great learning experience for me. Now I'm able to go forward and do this, this, and this. And if you're going to give me another opportunity, I greatly appreciate it. And I just really put that positive spin on everything because if I, if I fuck up, uh, unless it was actually intentional, I didn't do it on purpose right? And I want it to be known that like, I'm not apologizing because I truly fucked up out of intention, but because a mistake happened and now I need an opportunity to fix it. And so I try to tell everyone when you go to apologize, stop for a moment and say, thank you so much for understanding. I do sincerely apologize for the moment that happened, but I greatly thank you. It's like that compliment sandwich, right? Mm. But be thankful first. Don't apologize Mm. first. Thank you so much. Because the second you thank somebody, even if they're angry, like, and Jim doesn't like this at all, but and either do the kids, like my kids will be upset about something. I'm like, you know what, bud? It's okay. This is so great. Blah, blah, blah. And when you can make it positive, it's going to change the way that they react to a situation too. Yeah. And then also when you take that approach, the customer feels like they're heard immediately, mm-hmm. right? It feels like their voice matters. If right. they feel like they have been heard and she came with a solution in hand, Absolutely. she was intentional about that. She was intentional about coming to me and she was intentional about the apology as well. But it's and not. And that's what they want. Right. And it's not the steak. It's the potatoes. Right. So. Yep. My favorite part. 100%. <laughs> carbs, baby <laughs> carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, but yes, that's the thing. It, it's it's um, 
it's really sad. I think that, I mean, it's really sad, right? If you stop and think about it, that being authentic and being able to lead in with apology and taking responsibility can set you apart in today's world. Isn't that sad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little. It's a little. I'm sorry. I didn't want to. I didn't want to dampen the mood. <laughs> My apologies. I'm hat in hand right now for that. So, <laughs> but anyway, yes, take responsibility, right? And so, l- let me ask you as we start to kind of close things out here. I mean, the one thing you know, people always say time flies. It's a cliche that's been around for decades and decades and decades. Time flies. I. Okay, I it, it does, but at the same time, you know, people don't realize how long 24 hours actually is, mm-hmm. right? I think you and I, people like us, we do realize how long 24 hours is. And so, I mean, do you believe that that we make time for the things that are important to us? Absolutely. And, right. And so... How do you how do you get people in a time flies mentality to realize how much time they actually have to set the foundation for accomplishment? I think starting to keep track of your time and how long you're doing things. So like there's a on all smartphones, you can actually see your screen time. You can actually see the breakdown of how long you were in each app every week. So it'd be like you were on your phone for 14 hours and seven of these hours were used scrolling Facebook. If you can look at that in the face and say, oh, shit, I was on Facebook for seven hours this week. And I'm totally I mean, I don't know what mine says, but like if you can look at that and, and really understand that seven hours of your week was spent on Facebook, how can you change that? Man. Give yourself a challenge next week. I'm only going to make sure I'm going to make sure that that number is closer to five, right? Or the week after I'm going to make sure that number is closer to four and slowly start to dwindle it down and be more intentional with the time that you're spending on it. Cause I think if we start being conscious of the time that we're wasting, you know, I love to relax. I love downtime, Yeah, but I also like to be pr- like really like productive in my downtime. Like I, oh I like to sit down and watch TV at the end of the night and, and really decompress. But for me, sitting and watching TV all day is not productive for me. No. I don't get anything out of it. And some people may need that. And that's okay. If you want to schedule time to kind of do those things throughout the week, but binge watching a series on Netflix for five hours, what could you have done in those five hours? What are things that you could have done to get to the next level? And if you don't want to do that, then you don't have to do that. You know, if you determine how much time you have, I used to always think I was super, super busy prior to having kids. I always work like 80 hours a week and I'm like, I never have time to cook. I never have time to do things Four businesses, three kids, a dog, a husband, a marathon training. I still cook dinner probably four nights a week Mm. myself. And it's really important to say, you know, say that out loud. Like I have time for all of these things. I bring my daughter to dance competitions, our son to soccer, karate, field hockey, all of the things. And I can still do it. But 
what I deem important and my time and what you deem are two completely different things. Like I said before, when we were talking about it, like big trauma, little trauma, it's the same thing with time. So start really assessing the time that you are doing things. And I challenge the screen time the, the fastest because that's like that instant gratification. Then you're going to start to realize how much you're wasting when you can be doing something else that's more productive. And again, if that's what you want to do, keep doing it. But if you want to elevate to the next level and you want to start a business or you want to start a second business or you want to leave your job because you really want to do that, well, then you need to start reassessing your time. Yeah, that's important. Absolutely. No, I have it written down here. I, th I think I think it is absolutely a wise endeavor to take the time, <laughs> take the time to reassess your time. Take mm -hmm. inventory of what you are spending your time on. I guarantee you most of us would be surprised, 100%. Although I will take the crown. I do take the crown for the least amount of time on Facebook. Guaranteed. I'm the, guaranteed, <laughs> I'm the guaranteed winner, 100%. Wow. What a productive conversation, Jen. This has been dope. Okay. I love it. So, Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Okay. I, I like to ask the this final question of, of, of pretty much every guest, especially on the entrepreneurial side, on the business side, on the production side. So if you could leave the audience right, with just one thing that they could start doing right now that would set them on the path to becoming undeniable, what would that one thing be? Shit, just one thing. So, I mean, there are so many things. I would say, and this is the challenge that I give to a lot of people, and I said this earlier when we were talking, instead of saying I can't do something, I can. Changing the mindset to I can, I will, I have done, manifesting the things that we want to do, coming out and actually saying Yes, I can do this. If there's, you know, like you said, like that roadblock that pops up in front of you, I can get over it instead of saying, you know what, it's going to stop me and I'm going to stop my business. You will never be a successful business owner if you think that giving up is an option. Knowing when to quit is important to know because there are times that you have to, you have to stop if it's not productive, but not quitting because it's not it's not and it's not an option. Quitting is not an option for us, right? right. It's re-strategizing to figure out how to get to the next level. So I can, I will, I have done. And I think when you start thinking of I can and I will, you're going to start changing your mentality in five minutes. And so Spend five minutes. if I can piggyback off of, what, of, off of that one thing, uh, I, I'm assuming you would also suggest say it out loud. Say those Absolutely. things out loud. Speak it into existence. Absolutely. Let your mind hear it. Let your ears hear what you, are, you speak it out loud for sure. There is an affirmation. I talk to myself all day long. <laughs> Do it in the shower. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, creativity happens in the shower. I'm I don't know what it is, but it, it happens. Oh, man, Jen, this has been awesome. So if you would take a moment, please, to tell us about what you do. Tell us about um, services that you are currently offering um, and tell people how they can connect with you uh, in any way, shape, form for services, not for services, whatever. Please, the floor is yours. Tell everybody. Uh, 
Absolutely. So there's so many things. Oh boy. So I am a venture builder. So I help other people build their businesses. So if you are looking to scale a business, start a business, wherever you are in your business plan, I'd love to help people get to that next level. And, you know, from there, I'm also a consultant. So as part of that, it's, it's kind of like a one big package. I do masterminds and I do one-on-one coaching and consulting. I also have a professional babysitting and nannying agency here in Massachusetts. That's really awesome. That's one of my biggest companies. I have a um, residential and commercial cleaning company, and I also have an inspirational apparel company. So I have four businesses that I currently run. And, you know, I do a lot of motivational speaking. I do a lot of talking about scheduling and time blocking. Like, so, you know, if you know someone who needs to have this conversation, have them contact me. You can reach out to me via email, jen at epic47.com, epic47.com. You can look me up on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm all over the place. I'm all over the social media. <laughs> awesome. But not too much into the social media. Not too much. Not too much time. Uh, so where did Epic 47, where did that, where did that come from? Where did that name come from? So it, so when I, I, I like to do big things, right? So mm-hmm. when I first started it, I, I came up with this idea that like, I really wanted to help like all of these people. And I didn't have a, like, I knew that I wanted it to be the 47, but it didn't really have a symbolization, which I thought was really weird because now in hindsight, I'm like, Oh, it only makes sense. (laughs) And I was very like intentional with my number. I was like 47 was, you know, it's a spiritual number to me. And my birthday's in April, my favorite number seven, like that's where the 47 is coming from. And people would be like, what does that mean? I'm like, that is what it means. And then one of my mentors challenged me. He's like, no, you need to have actual intention on your business name. And I was like, oh, I guess. And for me, I'm like, I just want to do all of the things. And and then I really put some some effort into it. And I started saying to myself, you know what? What are the things I want to do? I want to continue to be a motivational speaker and a person who really helps people in business. I want to help all of these other people in business, not necessarily own all of the businesses, but as a venture builder, you know, you do own part of the business and you help other people to grow and elevate and really, you know, understand business. And I just kept telling myself, how can I make these, this name and the things that I want to do kind of correlate? And I was actually going for a walk. It wasn't while I was in the shower this time. I was going for a walk and I'm walking the dog and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness, I know what it is. I'm like calculating in my head. I'm like, I want to help 47 businesses by 2047. I'm giving myself a number of people that I personally want to help between now and then. Am I going to hit that number way before that? Absolutely. With all of the ventures that I have going on, I'm going to hit that number beforehand, but I know that I will be able to fulfill this goal and exceed it. So that's kind of where that came from. Nice. 47 ventures by 47. I would yep. venture to say you have plenty of time. <laughs> the way you I think, think I'll get there by the time I hit 47, not 2047. So. Nice. Nice. Jen, I got to tell you, it's been an absolute blast. I learned Thank some you. things from you today, so I am grateful to you for that. I can guarantee you. you other people have learned uh, from this today. And I really thank you for your time. I appreciate you being here for your wisdom, for your insights. And I hope this is not the last time you will come to this show. Please, you're welcome Absolutely back not. anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, that is it for this episode. I thought, I hope that it brought some authentic value into your life. Now, if you didn't hear any nuggets that were undeniably valuable to you, then something is wrong with you because you clearly were not listening. So before you go listen to another episode, because I know that's what you're going to do, 
Pay the toll so we can roll. What does that mean? That means I need you to pay the toll, i.e. share the show, leave a nice review, because it helps us grow and so we can inspire the masses. As I say always, remember, you cannot become undeniable if you are uninformed. And make sure you always bless up, Mom. And I'm out.